Welcome to Beerus Podcast. I'm Mike. And this is Orlando, and we're on episode 224, the update episode. Yeah. So we got a few things to talk about. It's been an interesting time right now, just with everything going on. I think we say that every episode. Yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like we just live in uh, upside down crazy world. That's what I feel right now. Like I feel I was talking to my wife about this the other day, where you look back on history and there's certain times that like come up and you talk about and they're in the history books and people think about like things were just they made a big impact, right? And then decades or centuries go by and it kind of seems like man, want want nothing big happened. I feel like this season we're in right now. Is going to be a season. season. You mean like the whole decade so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If this we, is, well, 2021 is beginning of the decade, but let's count 2020 yeah, as part of it. 2020. I mean, just the last, I mean, everything in the last 10 years has kind of been building up to this craziness. And we've got political, economic, health, like just the craziness that's going on in the world right now. I think this is just, it's interesting time to be alive. And so uh, kind of the, one of the nice things is in times of kind of chaos is when, uh, there's a lot of opportunity for people to come up. There's a lot of opportunity, money, wealth exchanges hands. Uh, people have the opportunity to uh, make something of themselves, to better their situation. And a lot of times you look back and it, it was the people who were willing to make moves and the people who were willing to maybe even just be stalwart and 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 stay strong with their convictions during certain periods of time that end up being the heroes people talk about later on down the road, the people who make a name for themselves or for their family and so uh, it's interesting time to be alive. And, um, you know, there's times where I wish things were just normal, but, uh, you know, there's benefits to the I chaos. mean, how much do I miss the days when we're like, oh, we have a meetup coming up next yeah. week? I mean, remember we had to cancel the meetup? Yeah. That seems forever ago, but it really wasn't that long ago. Yeah. I mean, was it? A, it's Get not even a year yet. Almost. But it, it feels like a lifetime ago. So, all right. So, what a way to start the update podcast. Uh, but we wanted to just keep it real and we'll, we'll talk about some of what we're talking about because it does relate to reselling. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'll share what's going on with me on my end. Just uh, so I'm, I want to make sure that this podcast is always positive and upbeat, but also got to keep it real. <laughs> and so I'm asking Mike to keep me in check because I feel. Like as I was putting together the notes, I felt like this was gonna be a rant session uh for the entire and we haven't I don't think we've had a podcast where we ranted. Have we had a rant one yet? I mean we have mini rants. Yeah. But we're not known for ranting. At least I don't think we are. I feel like I feel like we should start like a, a an offshoot of where we just rant. <laughs> people love that. People love I mean negativity sells. Like honestly, we probably shoot ourselves in the foot by not uh, but it complaining gets old more. fast though. Yeah, but people love it. I mean, there's something about complaining that people love. So um yeah, I mean, I mean we could we could get like a pure hustle podcast angry edition and, and that's just like us bashing the PO edition. <laughs> PHPPO. All right. So I've been working on getting my eBay listings up. Right. That's the thing I've been working on. Actually, it's been going great. I'm almost at twenty three hundred. My goal is to be at three thousand by summer. I think I can hit that. And it's been a lot easier because stuff is not selling. So, you know, I can get those numbers up. And I, I really do not know why I'm not having a lot of consistent sales. So sales are still happening. I'm still able to pay the bills. This is one of the things I've talked about a lot. When you go full time, Make sure that you do an analysis of all your bills and what you're able to pay worst case scenario. And then after you do worst case scenario, anything you get over that, you know, you can reinvest in your business. You can, you know, have other streams of income. Uh, you can, you know, do whatever you want with that money. Go on vacation, whatever you like to do. 
But always make sure you have that base number that you need to make things happen. And luckily, my base number is pretty low. I mean, my my highest bills are my rent, my medical insurance, and my child's school tuition. Outside of that, everything else isn't too much. I can I can figure things out if I if I got to make another side hustle about uh, outside of reselling, I can make it happen. But I'm not even there yet. I mean, I'm not even close to being there yet. And also, luckily, I had uh great q4 and so you know i still have the safety and security of that q4 some of that went away a little bit with with the stock market this past week but i'll talk about that here in a moment and it, and it's been pretty interesting and i'm not sure what is happening because i'm doing all the advice that i give all of you or anyone on social media that hits me up says orlando i have slow sales what i do you know markdown sale promoted listings the key one we always talk about is listing 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 Make sure that you have items that people actually want to buy. Take every offer that you get. Uh, you know, fix your prices a little bit. Maybe you need to drop a little bit. Uh, you know, just every everything you possibly can. Ship faster. Like do everything you can trigger the algorithm. And I I have started doing that about a week and a half ago. I got back into the eBay grind where I was all Amazon and I ignored eBay. And and I feel maybe that I ignored eBay too long and there's there needs to be some healing that takes place. I'm not I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on because I have been listening and listening and listening and the sales are trickling in, but they're they're nowhere where they were last year at this time pre-COVID. So you can't go on the COVID numbers. You go on the COVID numbers, you're gonna just be depressed. But pre-COVID numbers you know, I'm about 20 to 25% down comparison to last year on eBay. So I don't know, any, any thoughts and anything else you want to add to my, to my situation? Yeah. I mean, I think it's tough because we, we, we often talk about, I mean, algorithm plays a role to an extent, but we only know so much. And, um, the reality is we might overanalyze things, right? Like we might feel like you said, like there has to be healing and we almost like You've got to you got to do a certain number of good things to get a positive, almost a uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, score on the eBay side, like a cultural score in order to to, to be score. to be awarded or something like that. But the reality is, we don't know, and I don't know how much of that's going to impact. Because if you have the item someone's looking for at the price they're looking for it, and you're in a market where it's not oversaturated, you're going to be getting sales, right? So right. Um, the hard part is part of it could be because of the types of stores we have your inventory could just be 20 to 30% less hot right now, right? Mm -hmm. The inventory that you have, like, because it changes, you don't have the same inventory. Now, if you had the exact same store that you had a year from now, the exact same items, your numbers might look different. So it's tough Mm -hmm. because we, we don't know. We're always trying to compare apples to oranges in a, in a sense. Right. So, uh, it's tough. Uh, but I think, I think all we can do is what we can do, right. Which is, Make sure that we're doing the research. We understand the market. We understand what types of items are selling. Have those items up. List as much as we can. And like you said, do sales and things like that that we can to encourage people to come and buy. But um, you know, you can you can only compare so much as far as looking in the past and going, you know, what do I do? No, I, I agree. I agree. And I, there has been a few items that you know retail arbitrage I picked up that were quick sellers and and held up my store. So luckily. I had the foreknowledge and, and understood what type of items we're going to sell in January. And it helped me out. I ignored Amazon because my goal is I want to keep building eBay. So eBay's not an, it's never going to be passive, but it, it's all, it's always going to be there. Right. I feel that 
with eBay, when you have a large enough inventory, you can actually get to a place where you don't always have to be listing, you know, 20 plus items a day. You don't always have to be, be sourcing. It's large enough that even if you let it go for a week or two, you're still going to get sales where, you know, Amazon's, you always got to be sourcing, sending out, sourcing, sending out. And, and you, you have to be fast about it because, you know, ranks change, the amounts of people on a listing change where eBay, you can kind of coast a little bit and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe that's why. Now, have you done any? Go ahead, gonna I was just going to say, let us know in the chat below. If you're on YouTube, uh, a couple of things. One, we love the interaction. And two, it really seems like YouTube's the changes in their algorithm. Since yeah, we're talking about I was, was going to talk about that uh, today. Tend to encourage uh, comments. Uh, they they promote videos with comments more often. So uh, let us know below. What are you doing to get sales? Are you getting sales in eBay? Or just comment anything. Just tell us hi. Um, you know, any comment you want, uh, we'll we'll respond to it. But the more comments we have, the better it'll help us out. And so we'd love to just hear you say maybe uh, what you're doing to get your eBay sales up. Are you experiencing a slowdown? Or maybe Orlando is an outlier and maybe, you guys are crushing maybe. it. Now, I had a question for you. Have you done the item recommendations you know what i'm talking about uh i did the the uh required does it require do you still have the recommended on there i don't know if i've noticed i mean i think you can like look to see the ones that they they'd prefer you to add yeah but if it wasn't required i didn't do it okay so it got so bad that i was like i'm gonna do all of these so i had about 1892 of them that i had to do i i'm down about 600 something so i'll let you guys know at the next update if it made an impact Here's the thing. I am a strong believer that the people that are putting these things together for eBay are not eBay sellers. Because mm. I look at, I, was, I actually went through all of these, right? You know, and we have a YouTube video that I put together, which allowed me to get this done really fast. I mean, it took me about, I'll say two to three hours to cut down 1,200 of them. And I have about 600 or so left. But I was looking at the recommendations. I was filling these out. And some of these, I was like, what, what am I supposed to do with this? So, for example... There's one that is, again, I'm not trying to rant here. I'm just throwing this out here. Vintage. And you either put yes or no. <laughs> and I'm like, like, why, why is this here? If if you're if your listing on the on the top says vintage, when people are searching, they're typing vintage. Right? I've never on the left side, maybe I'm wrong, but I've never on the left side seen where there's an because the argument is the reason why we're putting all these item specifics is because people do searches on the left side, which I still don't believe that's the case. I think if you're looking for like size and you're looking for shipping, new or used, I think that is on the left side. Because when I buy stuff from off of eBay, that's primarily what I'm looking for if it's clothing, right? So I'm not on there going, I wonder if they have any cycling shirts and I click on the left. No, I put that on the title up top, right? And so vintage yes or no like i'm gonna type in vintage another one that cracked me up was occasion yeah. so so dress occasion wedding i know that's what i mean like one of them was like i had all these shirts it's like occasion and i'm like i don't know is there an everyday option is this occasion uh quinceanera like what 15 year old cousin's birthday party uh that you see occasionally but not so much that you know uh, you really care about what that side of the family thinks of you, right? Like how specific of an occasion. I, I, I know there were so many, I mean, there was pattern. There was, there were just, one of them was material of the insole for shoes. And I was like, material of the insole. Have you ever gone shoe shop and go, I wonder, I wonder if that's 50% polyester and 50% nylon in that shoe. 
Like I, I'm just, I'm not understanding. And so I was a little frustrated. So what I did is I, I try to game the system. I just put C pictures and it's on Excel, right? You download the Excel sheet, you can put C pictures and you put that little black cross over it and you, you, you know, you make it go through all the items you wanted to fill with that and you just get it all filled and you're done. So I don't know if that's going to do it. I don't know if that's going to, you know, push me down or up on the search, but I will say I do find it concerning in the fact that I feel like this is a remnant from the Devin Wenig days, like that we were trying to be kind of, it was like we were trying to be like Amazon a little bit. Yeah. Well, and part of the hard part is um, more, companies are realizing more and more it's information that's valuable. It's having the data. And so just going off of titles and pictures might work for the individual consumer buying a product. Uh, but as far as eBay is concerned, if they want aggregate data, they uh, need to have it. You're they, talking about there's a greater purpose in yeah, this. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, they they want to know what the trends are. They want to know what types of things people are selling and buying to the to the smallest information possible, uh, because that's what is powerful. So, right, is understanding, you know, what occasions during what parts of the year during like they need to have that information filled out. And could it help? I mean, maybe because. Uh, I might be selling a vintage shirt and somebody going on to buy a shirt might be like, you know, uh, I'm looking for like a really old Chargers jacket or a really old Chargers jersey and they don't know to write vintage, right? Or they might not know to, they might just write, you know, like, like old school chargers and that might be what they put whereas if they're searching and but then unless a, you put old school and item specifics well no but what i'm saying is then they might see on the side as an option vintage and like yeah yeah all this stuff is new i want the vintage ones and they click on it and it brings up yours right yeah, so i see that so it could be beneficial in 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 circumstances i'm sure that that it's going to be beneficial but it's the hassle of doing it and then is it going to be more beneficial for the seller or for ebay um and if it's mutually beneficial i mean you can't go wrong with that but uh but I feel like we're putting in a lot of work for eBay to get majority of the benefit. I, I agree. And and again, it, it's one of those things where there needs to be a rationale as to why we're doing things. I mean, to, I, we were told that it was going to put us higher in the search, but I, I'm still not seeing how that would be. For and I'll give one more example. One more example was I had a bunch of college sweatshirts and it asked me to put what sport. And I'm like, well, if these are college sweatshirts... These could be worn by people going to a basketball game, a football game, curling. I mean, you name it. It could be different options. And so, yeah, I, I kind of didn't understand it. So I love my uh, college curling shirts. <laughs> I know. I just, I was looking at this and I said, this is endless. Like this can go on and on and on. Like we can just keep filling this up and filling this up. You know, because if you look at Amazon, some of their pages, even some of the hot items I sold this last Q4, they didn't have much description. They just had basically what it was, the ages for, let's say, the toy, uh, you know, the type of activity. And that's pretty much it. It was like four or five things where on some of these, it probably it was about it felt like it was 25 on some of these. And so I don't know. We'll see what let us know your thoughts on that, because I, I really would love eBay to let us know what are the effects Right. And maybe I'll be able to get back to you guys. Here's the thing. I might come back next update episode said, yeah, sales have been through the roof. Is it because I listen more? Is it because the, maybe people felt like buying? Is it because of the fact that I did all my recommended item specifics? I don't know. I'd like to know. So, all right. Enough about me. What's going on with you? Um, well, I didn't tell you I was going to announce this uh, today, but I think it's oh. probably a, an okay time. 
Um, <laughs> we actually have a new member of the Pure Hustle podcast family oh, joining nice. us uh, this know. summer. Congrats. Right. So coming this summer, there's going to be a new member to Pure Hustle podcast. Uh, and uh, his name is Titus and he is... Uh, my son. So we're pregnant. My wife awesome. is pregnant. And uh, Congrats. thank you. Thank you. So um, uh, I don't know. Maybe that was a weird way of announcing it. But Pure Soul Podcast is growing by one. <laughs> we are. I don't know. You know how the, there's always like the silly announcements of. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, I guess that's how we would do it. We did when we announced for my first son, we did uh, uh, that our family was growing by two feet. Like, haha. And then it was a picture of two empty shoes. Oh, nice. You know, so this is the uh, Pure Soul Podcast family is growing. Okay. Well. By one member. Well, that is a big update. Yeah, I mean, this is a this is a, an exciting thing. And, and again, let us know in the comments. Um, I mean, I started reselling with a young child at home, but uh, this is going to be the first time of like doing the reselling thing with a newborn. So if you've got tips or tricks on how to handle reselling, it's easier with newborns. Time, well, newborn and a kid. So now I'm, I'm adding like on top of it. But yeah, if you've got if you've got suggestions, put it in the comment below. I'd love to hear. Uh, because uh, I could tell you that our household is probably going to look a little chaotic coming this uh, this summer, but I just wanted to share that with all of our listeners because you know you know how it is. They, I feel like our listeners in in a lot of ways are like our our family. People care, so, yeah, they care. So uh, yeah, that's that's kind of what's new in uh, in my life. All yeah. right, so reselling kind of kind of yeah. there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean reselling's fine. Um, we my wife just got back from Michigan. Uh, last week, and we'd put our store on vacation mode, which I'm really glad we did. Um, I was able to get some listings done and do some stuff as far as sourcing, uh, but I'm glad I didn't have to have the the stress of trying to um, pack items and ship it because I had work going on, uh, but also we had this huge storm to come through. I kind of mentioned on the last episode. Right. So a, a good portion of my time while she was gone was repairing my property as it was just getting hammered by the the wind like it was brutal out here it, it was it was kind of strange yeah it was devastating uh and then i had to like replace batteries and our solar system so i was very busy but the interesting thing is so we would normally not recommend putting a store on vacation mode if you could help it we would just typically extend our handling time right so we're still getting those sales um even if we're going to be gone for a week or something like that uh, but my wife was gone for 12 days. So it was a long time and, and it would have been a lot to expect me to be able to do it. And I know that a lot of you do on your own, right? You don't have uh, anybody else helping, but um, it was just too much given the the circumstances for me to try and do well this time around. And uh, it's funny because the day she was landing, we had set the uh, vacation mode to end and we kind of expected, I expected to get some sales in the morning, nothing. And as she texted and said, we landed Within like two minutes, all of a sudden sales are coming in and we're getting offers. And it was like, it was as if eBay knew no, I'm telling now you, was the time. I, Now's the time for sales like to come in. So uh, it was it was pretty awesome to have my wife back and to have, uh, have some sales starting to come. So we've had a consistent, steady trickle of sales. Nothing huge, but, uh, you know, if there's ever going to be a time to put your store on vacation mode, I guess it's good when you time it when everybody's complaining about how slow eBay is. I don't know. You know what the thing is? I haven't heard other people complaining. And and this is why I was kind of hesitant sharing this because I feel in social media that everybody's always doing well. Mm. Very, very rare to, you know, unless I post something, you know, usually people won't jump on and say, yeah, sales have been slow. I'm glad I'm not the only one. But you don't know. You don't know. I, and I always, I always want to warn people out there. 
you don't know. And again, I say this all the time that Mike and I are, are resellers first before podcasters. I mean, we would love to be podcasters first and then, you know, supplement our income with reselling. But, you know, that that's the reality of things. And so sometimes you'll hear, you know, people are having great sales, but great sales doesn't mean a full income. Right. So when I was part time, I would have home runs all the time. But there may be, you know, two or three home runs that week. And maybe I didn't have a lot of sales, but it didn't matter because I had a full time job where now when, when I'm posting, you know, it's super important to understand that. Yeah. When I post a home run, that's just one of multiple sales from multiple platforms. Right. And so you never really know what people are going through. So always be aware. Don't compare yourself to others. Know what you need to do for your business and just stay focused on that. All right. So do you have any random stories? I have a bad story. Let's hear it. <laughs> This is just okay. So I had expressed before how I've been trying to game the algorithm by even though I'm not home, like I'll print out a shipping label and then I'll ship it the next day. So it finally caught up to me. Mm. So, so I'm, you know, I'm just going, uh, you know, just living my life and I get this message and they're like, Hey, I want a refund now. I'm like, what? Um, I, I don't know how to respond to this. So I go and you know how when you print out a label, but you don't drop it off, it says shipping label created. Mm -hmm. So this is about a week and a half out. And I looked at that. I'm like, whoa, like what happened? So I messaged the person. I'm like, hey, I'm not sure what happened. Maybe it was left at the post office. You know, who who knows? But I'll make sure to get back to you. I go to my inventory because I'm like, maybe, maybe for whatever reason I left something. Yeah, I went back into my inventory. I never shipped the item. So how did I resolve that? So I sent the message. And I said, hey, I am so sorry. You know, I located the item. I'll be shipping it out. Here's a $15 refund. My sincerest apologies. All was good. Hours later, I get another message. I'm just wondering when my item's showing up. I've been waiting and tracking doesn't show anything. Is this is this happening again? No, there's no way this is happening again. Go back to my tracking. Shipping label created. Do you just like leave items when you pack it in random places like around your house? Like no, 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 no. I print the I so I'm not doing this. Well, I'm not saying I'm not doing this anymore, but I'm gonna be more careful about it. So I print the labels and I keep them next to my thermal printer. Right. So in the morning when I'm finally doing my packing, you know, I match up the labels to the item that's sold and I just pack, you know, if I have a ton of, if I have like, you know, 20 to 30 items, like I'm going to just, I'm just going to pack it right there. Right. But if things are kind of slow and, you know, do I really want to drive out to the storage unit right now? No, but I do want to trigger the algorithm and I know this is going to go on a padded. I'm just going to print the label for a padded flat rate next morning you know i'll just take my padded i'll put the label on there i go to storage unit i find the item i put it tape it and i'm good to go all right because where i live you know you know where i live like it's it's like real easy storage unit post office piece of cake and you know sometimes you're watching a movie with the kid like you don't want to get up and leave i'm just being real here judge me all you want i'm just keeping it real so i'm like i wonder if i did the same thing sure enough i go to my storage there's the item just didn't get shipped now i know why it didn't get shipped 
The reason I didn't ship it is because both items were non-payment items and they didn't pay till days later. So when they finally paid, I was like, well, there's, you know, usually when people pay right away, you have to pay within a certain amount of time because of your metrics. When people are late to paying, that time doesn't apply anymore. So I think what happened was like, oh, I'll get to it eventually. No big deal. I'll just print the label. You know, it's no rush. I'll get to it once I hit the storage unit again. And um, yeah, so I had to send them out. I had to tell this person, hey, I'm so sorry. Here, this is a cheaper item. I'm like, here's a $5 refund. My apologies. It's on its way. Here's the new tracking number. And I sent it out. So all good. So you lost the uh, the the tracking labels that you made? The, the So you labels? can't. So yeah, I don't know what happened to them. Because like that would be the 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 protection in a situation like this is you have you know them in an outbox by your door or whatever by your by your thermal correct printer. you're right and then you know when you're going to the storage unit you just grab them and go so somehow they just ended up somehow so what I think I did is I printed them out and saved them as a PDF on my phone and I I, I meant to fully print them out later in the evening and I never got around to doing it mm. right so that that's what ended up burning me. And it's all good. Everything worked out. They got their, their items. You know, I didn't hear anything else. Uh, I don't anticipate getting negative feedback and everything's all good. So I'm just, I'm, I'm sure I'm not the only one that's done this before. And if you ever, you know, want to go down this road, <laughs> make sure you're very careful. Make sure you keep the labels next to your printer. And uh, yeah. So, and I really, I got to tell you, it's been a rough, a rough month. So, mm. all right. So I want I wanted to talk about this. Have how many times have you been able to call eBay when you've got a negative feedback and had have it had it removed? Um I haven't really had a lot of negative feedbacks, maybe once or twice, uh, some neutral. And pretty much every time I've called them and dealt with it, they've they've taken care of it because I've I haven't had any where I was like clearly in the wrong and there was an issue and like I deserved it. It was just like, you know. A customer issue or something else. So eBay has been pretty good about resolving those and, and removing negative feedback. Okay. So lately we've been getting hit a lot of DMs and usually I tell people contact eBay for business, let them know what's going on. They'll remove it. So what I'm finding is that the people that have top rated seller plus are the ones that are more likely if everything was done right to get it removed. Uh, I, I think, I think if, if, you know, the free returns is part of it, but I'm, I'm, I'm finding that like some people have had to call four or five times mm. and finally they got to somebody or they had to, I even had somebody the other day say, Hey, I shipped out something for parts. I told them it wasn't working and they want to return and I offer no returns. I'm like, well, it's a done deal. They're like, no, eBay is making me take the return. Mm. And I said, Hey, contact eBay for business. So what eBay told them was, well, you need to make sure that on your drop down item specifics, it says for parts. Well, that's not available on every single listing. So make sure you're careful. If there is a listing that it is available, you have to do it because if you call eBay, they're just going to make you do the return. Even though somebody's returning something that you said doesn't work and they're saying it doesn't work. Again, I don't understand the logic. I don't understand the reps, but you never know who you're getting, right? So you always want to make sure you get, you know, somebody that sounds knowledgeable. I'm a big fan. I, I will, for lack of a better word, harass eBay until they take care of things because I find that, you know, it's just like any place you call, you, you have a call to, you've worked at a call center. You were in charge of a call center, right? Not all reps are the same. 
And that's for sure. Okay. All right. So, so, you know, be, in, be consistent, insist, insist, insist until there is no more that you can do. Uh, because, you know, let's say you let go of a, a negative feedback. And you're like, ah, oh, whatever. If you get hit with another one, it's just make it look worse. I'd rather battle for each one and try to get every single one removed, even if it's bad, even if it's just basic seller metrics of late tracking or late shipment, because, you know, you start letting these slide, they can't add up. And then eventually they will begin to affect your business. So just wanted to share that. It's good stuff. All right. Before we get to our reseller topics, let's talk about our sponsor real quick. Can't see your head, but my head's doing all right. Yeah. Thanks to School Shaver. So if if you have purchased a School Shaver and it's gone really well, let us know in the comments. I know some of our listeners recently have, have purchased some. Uh, actually, they've posted on Instagram. So School Shaver has been a great, great uh, you know partner to us and allowed us to be able to provide all of you a way if you want to shave your domes in you know, a very cost-efficient way. So use our promo code Pure P U R E. Go to SchoolShaver.com. That's promo code Pure, and that should help you out. Yeah, that's right. And again, thank you for all of you who have sponsored us on BuyMeACoffee.com slash Pure Hustle. So Buy Me a Coffee is a way uh, for you as our listener to say, you know what? We appreciate what you're doing. Uh, Pure Hustle Podcast has added value or entertainment to my life, and I would like to support you in that endeavor. And, and hopefully at some point we'd be able to do more and, and create more content. Uh, but we're kind of dependent on listener support at this point. And so um, if, again, a good way of, uh, I would say of looking at this is if you feel like we have provided you value, the number one thing that we ask for is just that you continue listening, that you leave us a feedback, that you you interact with us, because just that interaction with with our listeners is what really keeps us motivated, right? Uh, those the DMs and Instagram, the emails, the phone calls. That's what lets Orlando and I know that what we're doing is is meaningful. Uh, but we really, really appreciate all of you who've decided. You know what? We want to go to uh, buymecoffee.com/slash/purehustle and support Pure Hustle Podcast in their endeavors to get this content out to as many people as possible. Uh, so thank you, all of you who listen. We have the, the greatest listeners. I'm so happy to uh, to be a part of, of this community. Uh, and a special thank you to those of you who've made a little bit of a sacrifice and said, hey, we want to want to say thank you in a monetary way. So thank you for those of you who've done that. Again, Pure Hustle Podcast um, really appreciates it. So buymeacoffee.com slash Pure Hustle. And you know, you can choose how much you want to pay to support. It could be a one-time thing. It could be a membership. Uh, and the membership start as low as, um, you know, $5 a month. So yeah, not it's, bad. It's really, really cheap. I mean, again, it, it's a small price in comparison to, you know, hopefully the value that we brought a lot of people. So really grateful for all of you. All right. Social media. If you haven't been following us on social media, we are Pure Soul Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. I do want to let the people on Facebook know I'm getting back uh, to many of you. It's uh, the, it's the social media keeps building. And so if we had a Pure Hustle team, we could take care of a lot of things. But I got to tell you, it's 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 a lot of work. Hey, well, I, I've got a new team member coming. It might be it might be like 15 <laughs> years or so before he's able yeah. to take on like social media role. But, uh, yeah. So if there's if, if for any reason you feel like we are ignoring you, we're never ignoring you. You really want to get a hold of us. Instagram DMs is probably the best one because we're we're in that community a lot. 
you know, Facebook is a, is a tough one for us sometimes. And, you know, TikTok is even tougher. And so it just goes in those tiers. But hey, we want to be here. And also we are Pure Soul Cast on Twitter and Clubhouse. Thank you for all of you that have been following us on Clubhouse. Uh, you know, Clubhouse has been interesting. The other night listening to Elon Musk just randomly on there talk about Mars and aliens. And I mean, there's a lot of reselling stuff, but there's a lot of cool stuff on Clubhouse. So if you get a chance, uh, follow us there. Also, if you want to give us a call, 619-738-1170, 619-738. First time I've messed that up in 100 episodes. Yeah. 619-738-1170. You could also shoot us an email at purospodcast at gmail.com. That's purospodcast at gmail.com. And as always, we are on YouTube. Would love to get our subscriber counter up. If you have been listening to podcasts, but you haven't subscribed yet, make sure to find us, Pierce Podcast on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button and the bell notifications to be notified whenever we drop not just a podcast, but extra videos on top of that. And as always, grateful for all the reviews, all the support, all the t-shirts, everything. Just uh, really grateful for all the Pierce Podcast community. Thank you. And as we continue to test uh, YouTube's new algorithm with comments, uh, just let us know your favorite color in the comments below. <laughs> just uh, what's your favorite color? Um, what did you have for dinner last night? Just really just type anything. Uh, obviously, resale related is going to be best because it <laughs> creates that communication. But we just want to see if that if that helps out because uh, we talk a lot about algorithms in this show. And uh, I feel like sometimes we're trying to solve mysteries, right? What's the true, eBay true. algorithm? What's the Amazon algorithm? And if you can help us Crack the algorithm run our lives. Yeah, uh, it's it's just a reality now. It's true. But let's talk about something else. Let's go to some reseller topics. Yeah. Oh, we're almost there. We are going to be talking about news, specifically reseller news. And uh, if you notice, I'm holding my phone because I don't have it plugged in for the audio, but I will add it in post because technology is amazing. Take it away, Orlando. That was just to cue Orlando so Orlando knows what we're doing next. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about this, but I don't want to talk about this. I know that doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm just waiting for a rhetorical here from, from Mike. Okay, okay here we go. <laughs> All right. So in case you don't know, there's this stock that was supposed to make everybody rich called GameStop. Now, a lot of people ended up rich. A lot of people didn't end up rich. Okay. And then there were these other stocks like AMC and Nokia. And who knows, by the time we drop this episode, Orlando might be doing very well. Or Orlando might be down several thousand as he is at the moment. Okay. <laughs> Why are you laughing, Mike? I'm laughing because, uh, uh, Honestly, this whole thing is crazy. I feel bad for you with the money thing. Um, I think anybody holding at a certain point is maybe a bad, bad situation. But um, if you haven't been following, check it out. It's actually a really interesting story how a bunch of Redditors, and again, it shows the power of community, uh, how a bunch of Redditors kind of came together and decided to stick it to the man, as it were, and um, <laughs> take advantage of some loopholes and some situations in the way large head funds uh, well just just stock. take advantage of data not even loopholes just yeah here's, here's the data yeah and and so um it's a really interesting thing so just check it out if you're if you're if you don't know what we're talking about uh it's kind of surprising because it's been all over the news but uh you know check out a couple sources because again we could easily explain how shorting a stock works and all of that on this podcast but you've probably all heard this a million times already over mm -hmm. the last couple of, of weeks of this going on uh, but yeah, so it's it's been crazy with uh, with seeing how 
the average person, and, and, and that kind of goes with reselling in a lot of ways, the average person who before is kind of, you know, doing their own thing, all of a sudden can be a part of something big. And, and reselling is kind of like that. Uh, you can join on to Amazon. Next thing you know, things that you're sending in, you're selling on a big platform, or you're sending in things to eBay or to Walmart Plus or whatever it's called, right? So you're, you're all of a sudden going from a small fry, as it were, to big and on these big platforms. Uh, but there's, there's downsides to being on these kinds of platforms too. So the reason I bring this up is, you know, th th there was a major push in the reselling community. The reselling community was all over this, especially on Instagram about, you know, this is we're we're getting in, you know, we're holding the line, AMC to the moon, GameStop to the moon, Nokia to the moon and so on. And I remember Wednesday night, there was this kind of euphoria, this like, we're going to all, we're going to, we're going to have all kinds of money the next day. Like I, a lot of people did. A lot of people did. I mean, we were, you know, people were talking about revolution in the DMs, like this is going to be a change. And, and, you know, I had, I had started with just $500, I believe, I think Wednesday morning. And then by the evening, I already had dropped several thousand because I'm like, this is no brainer, like no brainer. Like I do the math. I see, you know, GameStop is being shorted at an unbelievable rate. Uh, AMC is being shorted. Nokia, I don't know. I just, that was just people were just jumping on that bandwagon. I'm not sure. And so this was supposed to be kind of a very, not, not simple, but it should have, should have happened. And then the next morning, what do you notice? Those of you that were using Robinhood and right, you got on Robinhood. Robinhood is the app to buy stocks. It's supposed to democratize the stock market, right? Make it, make it not about the suits, make it about everybody. And, and you were only given the option to sell your stocks which meant that you couldn't buy more of a certain stock and other people couldn't buy that stock. So that price of that stock was going to go down and therefore the profit wasn't going to be there. I'm not going to explain all the shorts and all that. I don't want to explain all that. But it was a huge reminder to me of number one, when you are on somebody else's platform, you are at their mercy. It didn't matter. It didn't matter if I dropped 1,000, 5,000. There are people that dropped 100,000, 500. There's people that dropped millions and they couldn't, they couldn't press the sell button. I mean, they could press the sell button. They couldn't press the buy button. They could do nothing. They couldn't. And even till now, you can only buy one stock of GameStop. That's it. That's it. AMC, you can only buy. And actually, I went to buy 10 today. And today is Monday, by the way. Is it Monday? Yeah, it's Monday. I went to buy 10 and it said, you've already exceeded your limit. So I can't even buy 10 on top of that. I bought a whole ton the, the week before. And so, you know, I lost a lot of money and hopefully this will rebound by the time this podcast drops. But to me, it was a big reminder as a reseller, as an entrepreneur, that you have to do two things when you're a reseller. One is you have to understand that you're on somebody else's platform. So you have to have contingency plans. You have to have, you know, if I'm on Amazon, I know I can be suspended at any moment. So I should be selling on eBay just in case, right? Or, you know, my eBay store could get suspended. Well, I, I better know how to work Poshmark or Mercari or another avenue. Or inventory might dry up and I have to find other ways to find inventory. Or... Let's get even crazier. Reselling might be 
really bad for the next few months. Like what, what is, what is the backup plan? Like I talked about this, it wasn't two episodes ago. I talked about what is the exit plan for reselling? Like if you're a full-time reseller, what is your exit plan? And I was very big on the idea. You have to have multiple streams of income. Like reselling can be one. And if you're full-time, it's your primary. But I know for myself, you know, if I needed to, I could pick up several classes and teach several classes. Like I could, I could teach and I, I would make up my income and I'd be fine. I just choose not to because I love the time, you know, with my family and reselling allows me to have that time. Yeah. I think the term that I've heard recently that I really like and is, is going to kind of be a motto for going forward with my household, my family uh, is becoming an anti-fragile home. Mm. And what I mean by that is um, we live in a different culture, different climate, things you might be on the right side of something according to the culture today and tomorrow you find yourself on the wrong side of something or a platform decides to change rules and you end up on the wrong side of that. And um, we live in this time where there's a lot of risk. And when you have a lot of debt and you owe money to other people and you only have one source of income, you're very fragile because one little break in that chain and your life collapses, everything collapses around you. And so my goal is to develop a anti-fragile home where I don't have the debt. So there's not people who can call up because whoever has control over your money in a lot of ways has control over your life, mm-hmm. right? If they if they control your money and, and you are forced to write a check every month or every week or whatever it is to somebody, they've got a certain amount of control in your life. And if you're only receiving money from somebody else, uh, they've got control on your life. And so the, the more f- forms of real property that you can have, and by real property, I mean... Um, things like a reselling business, right? Inventory that you're selling or uh, productive property. Um, That might be a better way of putting it. So maybe it's ways that you even grow your own food or ways of reducing money or debt or things like that. So productive property are are things that are going to provide you real value assets. We've talked about assets in other books. So increasing productive property, increasing assets and reducing debts. And what that does is it makes you less fragile. It makes it so when you get the short end of the stick on a Robin Hood deal or uh, big corporations deciding to play by different rules than you're forced to play by. When that happens, you're going to be okay if you have multiple streams of income, if you can create a, a household that's not fragile. And so we love the fact that reselling does this for us, that reselling is one of the huge um, ways, one of the primary ways we're able to have lots of money. And again, because Reselling is multiple platforms. Reselling is Amazon, Poshmark, eBay, Etsy. Maybe it's private label. Maybe it's retail arbitrage. There's lots of ways that you can be anti-fragile, even in the reselling community, because chances are if one thing goes down, it's not all going to crash. Yeah. So I, it was a huge reminder. I mean, even even till now, I'm still trying to recoup some of those losses. I think, I mean, I'm going to be okay. It's, that's the other thing. I'm grateful that reselling opened my eyes to being more invested in the stock market, right? It, it gave me other, you know, income avenues to think about, right? And actually this last week, uh, what's been holding, you know, the profits coming to is I, I did make money on the stock market. I lost a lot, but I also made a lot. So, you know, you know, especially with that one meme coin that we both. <laughs> yeah, Dogecoin, man. That was the times we live in. Everybody needs to look up, if you haven't ever looked it up, the, uh, I think it was the 1600s, the tulip craze. Yeah. Because basically that's what that was. That was just a, a fun bubble that everybody jumped on. Uh, but 
again, I'm not going to judge anybody for jumping on something like GameStop or or Dogecoin and, and finding riding a short-term wave, um, but recognizing that, um, at least in my opinion, the idea of having productive property means being wise with your investments mm-hmm. and recognizing that we're not, the point is not gambling. When we go and resell, we would we would probably either correct or potentially mock a reseller who all they were doing was gambling, mm-hmm. right? If they just walked into a store and they put all their money in on an item, like, I think this will be big. And they didn't do the research and they weren't looking long-term and they weren't diversifying and they weren't using the right platforms and saving money as they were shipping. So in that same way, I would urge you, whatever your streams of income, whether it's stocks, bonds, real estate, whatever it is, that you're being wise about it, that you're doing research. And if you want to have some fun every once in a while and ride a short-term wave, it's fine if it's almost entertainment but, purposes. But that speaks a lot to social media too, right? And reselling where a lot of people were getting their, their advice. I, I think Mark Cuban, he did a survey because he, he, he actually had one of his kids actually invested in the stock market because of this wave. Like they invested in BlackBerry and AMC and I, he was doing surveys on Twitter and he found that the majority of people got their information from TikTok for this move, which obviously it's kind of scary. Right now, not to say that there wasn't some good info that was out there, but it's the same thing with reselling. You got to be really careful what information you're getting and what you're moving on. Make sure you do your own research in reselling. Just because somebody posts something on Instagram or even because Pure House Podcast says it on the show, this will sell. Make sure you do your own research and be careful. But above all, be willing to adapt, be willing to change, understand these platforms. You're, you are at their mercy. And at, on top of that, find other ways to make money if anything were to go down. So just keeping it real. All right, let's get to some mundane stuff. Uh, USPS uh, rates went up. Talk about uh, talk about having to play in the rules and platforms, being able to uh, demand what they want and you just have to go with it. Oh, you mean the post office? Yeah. They said our rates are going up, and we have to say we didn't deliver okay, a lot on you. time, but rates are going up anyways. Thank you, we we appreciate that. Thank you, sir. We have some more. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. No, and so the reason I say this is, I myself, I'm gonna finally have to change my prices. Now I know a lot of you. If you do calculated shipping, it's not a big deal because when when you list stuff with calculated shipping. All it does is when the buyer goes in there and they purchase, it's just going to put the dimensions in. And it's going to give the price what the price is. And usually you get a discount, especially if you're a top rated seller on eBay. Now, if you do a lot of free shipping, I've mentioned this in podcasts before, a lot of first class shipping, that that's going to take money out of your pocket. If you do flat rate. So I've done flat rate since the beginning. The padded priority is the one I like. I was keeping it, I believe, at the old rate. I think I kept it at 733. No, and that's that's not the old rate. The old rate was like six something. Then I jumped it to seven thirty three, and I'm finally gonna just make eight dollars now, right? To kind of cover cover any any losses that I had in the previous last few months, and to also, you know, just in case there's any jump that happens, and and be safe. And then the flat rate, the medium flat rate box is the one that's gone a lot. So three four years ago. It was eleven ninety nine, and now it's thirteen thirty four. And again, this is on eBay. If you have that discount, if you don't have that discount, it's going to be actually more, right? If you're still going to the post office, I don't know what the post office number is, but it's probably like fifteen dollars. So if you're trying to save money and you're new and you're just listening to us now, print your labels from eBay. And then 
after you get comfortable doing that, you know, make sure you get the sales, end up a top rated seller and you get more of the commercial discount. So what is the easiest way to fix all this? You go to your shipping policy. So you should have shipping policies established for all your items. And, and what all that means is you go to my eBay, you go to site preferences, and then you go to shipping policies. And I might've missed some steps in between there, but you eventually got to land there. And when you go there, you can create a shipping policy. So for example, for shoes. So I send pretty much all my shoes and, and people debate this with me and, and I'm okay. I, I could be wrong. I still say it. I'm probably not right, but I charge the buyer. So I'm not too bothered by it. I do all mine in a medium flat rate because I like saving. Like you, you save money if you use a shoe box, but I, I have found that consistently, it's just way easier for me just to use the medium flat rate. All I have to do is, you know, tape the two sides after I put the shoes in and I'm good to go. So you go in there and you, you know, you put I like mine titled priority medium flat rate. This is how much I'm going to charge. So now when I want to change this, all I have to do is anything that's shipping priority flat rate. I just go back in there and I'm just going to change the price to $14. I don't know. I'm going to have to look at that shoe box again, but let's see it's padded. All I have to go is to all my padded items that I ship out, change the price to $8 and I'm good to go. Does that make sense? You guys need shipping policies? Or do you just do a lot of calculating? Yeah, we do. We kind of just each item is dependent. So if we're doing free shipping on certain items or other items, we kind of guesstimate ourselves. So we say we think this is probably going to cost anywhere from seven to twelve dollars to ship. So we're just going to put nine ninety nine shipping. Uh, sometimes we'll make a little bit. Sometimes we'll lose a little bit. But in the long run, we're going to break even on our shipping on that. Okay. The only reason I say that is you could just make the ninety nine shipping. Uh, rule so at the end you don't have to like all you have to do is enter dimensions and you pick 999 shipping and then that's it like you don't have to do anything extra it's really easy and it helps especially when you have to put a change to your shipping and handling you just go to let's say i have i think eight shipping policies and i just go to each of them and i change the days and i'm good to go Unfortunately, and I've talked about this before, eBay still doesn't have a fix. If I already have offers sent out, I can't change the days on those, which I don't understand. Why can't we fix that? Anyways, all right. All right. So let's talk about Amazon a little bit. So I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but I've seen this making the rounds on social media the last few days. And it seems that Amazon is now asking sellers for insurance documentation. So we had Ashley, Ashley had an insurance. Uh, you can check out our episode. She had a whole discussion about this. Great person, great service. You can check her out uh, and just go to the episode and there's a link for her, for her website. But Amazon has always required insurance. We've, a lot of us have been able to, to get away from, you know, having it because Amazon says something, but you know, it's kind of like <laughs> when items are not restricted, but it ends up restricted after, right? The wink, wink. And so just be aware that they want a general, I think it's commercial liability up to a million dollars. Don't quote me on that. But, you know, it, it, you can get insurance from other places too, but just be aware that, that that might be coming your way. Even if you're merchant fulfilled? Yes. Wow. So I, I, now I, I think that here, you know, let me read the requirements. So here's the requirement straight from Amazon. So they said pro merchants who saw on Amazon must provide proof of commercial general liability insurance. This insurance obtained at the merchant's expense shall cover up to a million per occurrence in the aggregate and must include 
product liability, bodily injury, or personal injury, property damage, and other requirements stated in the Amazon Services Business Solutions Agreement. The insurance must indicate the Amazon.com, Inc., da 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 um, So here's the requirements. You must have commercial general liability, umbrella and or access liability insurance coverage with limits of not less than, oh, that's the limit. So this is, let me just read what has been making the rounds on social media. I haven't received this email, so I'm not sure why certain people are getting it. Maybe they're rolling it out slowly. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, it all depends on, you know, how, what you sell. Do you sell topicals? Uh, maybe if you sell topicals, that's why you're getting it. I'm not, I'm not really sure, but it is, it is, it is an issue. So I am right now trying to find the thing that was written up live here on the podcast. So it could, oh, here you go. So this is a message that people are getting. It says, we are writing to request that you provide proof of liability insurance for the products you sell through Amazon store as required by your selling agreement with Amazon. Please respond by three to 2021. Specifically, Section 9 of Selling Agreement says that within 30 days of reaching $10,000 in gross proceeds, so that's the question you had, from your sales for three consecutive months, you're required to obtain and maintain at least $1 million of general you know, commercial insurance. Da, 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 da. So it could be if you're not selling three months in a row of $10,000 consistent, you may never hear from them, hmm. right? Uh, you know. And like my Amazon stay business. small friends, stay small. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, me- that's a terrible strategy. It's always worth, it's like trying to avoid taxes by staying small. Um, it's better to make a lot of money and have the government steal a little bit of that money from you than to barely make any money because then they don't steal it from you. Right. So, uh, it, it does stink that you might have to, uh, have that insurance if you're making over $10,000 gross consistently every month. But I would rather be making well above that and have to pay for the insurance than to be making way less than that and not able to pay my bills. Agreed. Agreed. So just check that out. Make sure you're aware. And then, uh, yeah. And I just wanted to share real quick, you know, I was thinking about this in retrospect. I want to hear your thoughts on this. I was just theorizing. So Amazon has Amazon tomorrow on Tuesday. So we're not, you know, it's not going to be on the podcast, but they're, they're giving their earnings report. Uh, it's believed that they made 60% more than the year before that retail is their biggest business. So usually we think that, you know, their cloud management is or, or they're streaming and all that. No, it's, it's retail and it's third party sellers and they're making a ton of money and they made a ton of money on COVID. And so again, there's so much opportunity still with Amazon. If you have not jumped on Amazon, just start small, start with merchant fulfilled uh, because I, I think this is going to grow. And I think I was thinking about this, I wonder how eBay would have done if they did that managed delivery thing that they wanted. Right, think about that. They didn't know COVID was coming, but that would have been a great start to that system. I mean, am, am I wrong? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I I was. So I was real quick. If you don't know what that is, eBay was going to do Amazon FBA, but it was going to be called managed delivery. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like it could have been worse in a lot of ways. Cause again, I don't think that they've they're set up for that or that that should be the eBay model. And so it's sometimes better not to do anything than to do something so poorly that you give your company <laughs> a bad name. Okay. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I don't know. I just thought about that. I thought, you know, they could have, when, when Amazon said, we're not shipping out anything that's a non-essential eBay could have been, Hey, we're all about non-essentials. But yeah, but at that time, a big part of that statement was, 
um, kind of trying to uh, signal to people that, hey, we're taking this COVID thing seriously. Uh, so imagine the the attack that Amazon oh, could have had against eBay of, well, while Amazon cares well, about I'm not saying ensuring make an that ad like have, that. <laughs> Well, but but that's that's exactly what they could have done. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it, it's tough when you're again. I mean, I think there's a lot of things eBay should do. I mean, the simplest thing is they should just provide branded boxes to their sellers for free. I think that would be because like that was one of the things that was mentioned with the the eBay managed um, delivery delivery was. Can you imagine? He made a comment uh, at the time of the the this CEO Devin. Devin. He made a comment of how many eBay boxes are sent out every single day and are on porches every day, but ninety percent of them don't have any eBay marking on it. So, whereas when you drive by, you see Amazon everywhere: Amazon stickers on boxes, Amazon tape, Amazon boxes, and it, it's their marketing. Whereas most of the stuff that goes through eBay doesn't have eBay marketing on it. Hmm. So, if they provided those boxes to us as sellers that would be marketing for them, right? So I think that would have been the benefit or one of the benefits of the eBay managed delivery would have been the fact that people would have seen eBay boxes. But you can do that just by giving us uh, the boxes. There you go. So if I'll, you're listening, eBay, give us boxes. Would you rather have eBay give us boxes or fix the non-payment issue? Both. <laughs> what if it was an either or? Um. I probably spend more each month in shipping costs than I do in unpaid items. Okay, yeah. all right. So probably shipping. I'm more of the other, other side, but I sell more. But so but then it. I'm thinking long term too of if that really does help people start to see, oh, eBay is a place I should go. I mean, my neighbors always have eBay boxes. I should check eBay. That mm. might end up with more money in my pocket in the long run. Okay. All right. Let us know in the comments. More free boxes or fix the managed payments or the immediate payments? Would issue. you rather? That's what we're that's what we're playing right now. That's what we should start. We should start every episode with a "Would you rather?" Maybe you gotta let us know next time. Okay, all right. Time for our next segment. Are you ready? Yeah. Do you have something lined up here? Ah. All right. Bolo, 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 bolo. What's your bolo? Ah, I was gonna try it. I tried it and I failed. I was gonna try to lip sync. Cringe. What's your, it is cringe. Pure cringe. All right. What's your bolo? Uh silver. <laughs> wow. No. Yeah. Now here's the reason why. Uh, really? Uh, okay. We were just talking about Wall Street bets. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not saying in the sense of if, again, if you're following the news, you realize that people. The problem is there's going to be these waves of different companies. People saw what happened with GameStop and they're going to try and replicate it. And so uh, there's already push for, all right, silver is the new thing. This is the new thing. Uh, but here's the thing. What are some ways as resellers that we can jump on that other than trying to buy uh, index funds or trying to buy companies that mine silver or companies that trade in silver uh, is to actually look at the inventory you have that might already be silver or um, to start looking at when you're out and about, again, this is Bolo, if you're at a re uh, an, an estate sale or you're at a uh, garage sale, maybe you pass up on silver. But right now, there's a little bit of a hype. Uh, silver has reached a kind of a peak price. And so even things like junk silver, which is um, like quarters, dimes from prior to 1965, which is made of 90% silver, uh, there seems to be an increase in price. And not just price right now of people selling on eBay and or silver bullion, uh, but is an increase in velocity of sales. 
So I think that if all of a sudden people are seeing silver on their Facebook and they're seeing silver on Instagram and they're seeing silver on TikTok and people are looking up silver prices on eBay, um, that might be now might be the time to say I need to up the prices because we've we've talked about this before where a new documentary or something comes out mm -hmm, or a new mm -hmm. movie comes out and next thing you know it's like all of your inventory starts selling and you're like man I could have charged more for that if I knew. So if you already have silver in your inventory, you might need to up the price because there's becoming a more of a demand for it, even though intrinsically silver's value hasn't gone up. Um, and a lot of people are saying this isn't going to have the same impact as like the things like the GameStop short squeeze and stuff like that, because the silver market is much larger than the market capital of, of any business, right? Like silver is such a huge commodity that uh, a, a few hundred thousand Redditors isn't really going to make a difference other than the but fact- But right now they are. But it's- Silver is it, being bought up and, and the price of silver is going up. I mean, it's going up, but the, here's the thing is like, we're talking, we're talking like 10%, right? So we're not talking about like a thousand percent increase like we saw with GameStop. And again, a big part of that is uh, market takes time to correct. And I look at it as publicity. Right now, there's a huge free publicity for silver. So if you can get your hands on some silver, I think it's going to sell because people who might not normally care about looking up silver are going to look it up. And if there's hype of silver's worth a lot of money, they're going to be wanting to buy silver bullion. They're going to want to buy junk silver. And obviously, people are going to be using Robinhood or other means of... I hope they're not using Robinhood. <laughs> other means of... Well, what, what, what alternative do you have, right? Um, so, yeah, um, my my bolo is silver. Get, get your hands on some silver if you can. If you see it at an estate sale, maybe you normally pass up silver, uh, but it seems to be flying off the shelf on eBay. So don't sleep on silver, at least for now. And again, a week from now, silver prices might crash. This advice might be terrible. So this is very time sensitive. And for now, it's valuable. All right. That, that's a hard one to compete with. So good. So I was going to mention the fact of, so I, I think now as we're approaching, you know, spring and summer and things are opening up more, right? I mean, I don't know why we opened up in California, but I'm glad we did, right? We just, now we're not on super lockdown anymore. Things are worse and now we're open. <laughs> I know, but hey, I'll take it. And w one thing that a lot of people are looking for is golfing apparel. Now there's different brands, so I'm not going to name drop brands, but you know, there are people that haven't been able to get access to this, right? Because supply lines, uh, because you know, there's still, there's, there, there's plenty of stores that were shut down. They didn't get restocked. And so go out there, obviously do your research, uh, but I, I do believe, you know, there's going to ask people are willing to go out more and people are willing to, you know, be go golfing or go to golfing events. I mean, we, I've always talked about like I've sold uh, this isn't like golfing apparel, but I've sold like Tiger Woods uh, hats that were made by Nike that there's some that are 50 to $100 still uh, if you can find the right hat. Right. But even, you know, men's apparel, women's apparel. Uh, gloves, all those different things. I, I, I'm not going to say golf clubs. I mean, golf clubs, you know, you really have to know what you're talking about. But, you know, if you're out there, if you're doing retail arbitrage or if you're out there looking for clothing, take a moment and look that up, right? We always, you know, if you haven't been in reselling community for a while, stuff that's related to the masters is money because some of that apparel you can only get from... Augusta, where the stuff is sold. You can't get it anywhere else. And so if you have something that's a vintage piece or that was particular to a certain year, 
it's going to go for more money. So keep an eye. I, I really ant- anticipate that some of those prices are, are going to go up. They're going to sell, especially as things begin to open up and things begin to get warm again. And so we'll just have to wait and see what happens. So, all right. What are you looking forward to? Um, I'm hoping that garage sales are going to be a thing this coming week because uh, I'll be honest, I'm getting a little cynical uh, at trying to do thrift stores as my primary sourcing. Of course, there's uh, Facebook Marketplace and and Palettes. and and those things. So those are those are fine. But there's nothing like just looking through lots of inventory and really treasure hunting. Um, when you're doing Facebook Marketplace, a lot of times you're you're hunting for a specific item. And so you're seeing the item you're looking for all the time and you're just trying to find the right price. Mm. Whereas when you're at a garage sale, you have no idea what you're going to find. No, I, And I, then you I, see I, an item and you're like, <gasps> and then it's, it's, it's just so much more excitement. So I think I need that to just, uh, to, to breathe some life and excitement back into reselling. I, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's, and this last week in a rain, so we couldn't even go sourcing. And so... So, and yeah, and the local deal, I agree. I mean, I do love local deals. It's kind of a treasure hunt. If you ask, hey, do you have any more? And they're like, oh, sure, is what I have. And you go through and you're like, wow, here's the deal. So, yeah, I'm I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do here. Uh, if, if things do not pick up on eBay over the next week, I may have to lean heavy on Amazon, which I've done before. I've talked about on this. When I started this podcast, I believe I was... I think I was like 80% Amazon, 20% eBay. And then as time changed, I ended up being, you know, 50-50. And I was only on Amazon when I found something hot or if it was Q4. Because, you know, I don't like the, the you know, <laughs> source, pack, ship, repeat, right? You just keep doing the same old, same old. And I know the same old, same old is the eBay. But eBay, you know, you love the treasure hunt. You love finding the unique items. But I'm just going to have to have to wait and see because I may have to. There might be a season where it's just I'm going to have to be focused on Amazon as long as I can, you know, to continue having that steady cash flow until eBay begins to catch up. Now, I'm still trying to be at 3000 items by the summer. I think that's doable. My, my helper has been great. Uh, she just keeps getting better at taking pictures and making listings. And so we're just going to have to see where that ends up. So stay tuned. In two weeks, we'll have an update for you. Yeah. So, all right. Hey, that is our episode. Hopefully we brought you value. Thank you for listening to us. Thanks for tuning in. Let us know in the comments some of your thoughts on some of our questions. And then with that being said, make sure to be real, be relevant, and be reselling. Peace. Lates. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was fast. <laughs>